listening to The Driven, the podcast that gives you the news and the views, the ins and the outs on electric vehicles. The Driven is presented by Giles Parkinson, the editor of Renew Economy, One Step Off the Grid and The Driven Websites. Hello and welcome to this latest episode of The Driven Podcast. My name is Giles Parkinson. Well, today we're going to take a slightly different tack. We're going to look at some of the charging infrastructure and the smart software that's going to be linking your electric vehicle, the charging network, and back into the grid. There's a lot that's going to happen between now and 5 or 10 or 15 years when electric vehicles become the dominant form of transport. I was at the All Energy Conference recently and I took time to stop over at the ABB stand where they had a couple of examples of their fast charging, um, fast charging electric vehicle chargers. They look for all the world like petrol pumps. They even got a little space in the middle where people can actually have a screen and download pictures, download movies, download sporting events, whatever it is that you want to do while you're waiting for your car to charge, if that's your thing. Anyway, I took time to talk to two of the ABB experts on this, Wim Eichhout, who's based in Eindhoven in the Netherlands, and Stephen Moore, the local representative. So here I am at um, All Energy Conference with two people from ABB, Wim Elshout and Stephen Moore. Um, Wim, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much. And Steve, thanks for joining us. No, thank you. Thanks for inviting us. Well, look, um, interesting stuff. Um, it, uh, just a couple of days ago, the Victorian uh, Labor government announced the first uh, um, fast charging stations in Victoria and using your technology, which is a... Um, Presumably a great advance for you guys. Yeah, I know we're really happy uh, to see the support from the Victorian government uh, really in, in deploying the infrastructure which is uh, needed so badly uh, to give uh, the people of Victoria uh, the confidence in, uh, in the charging infrastructure to be available yeah. so that they also uh, will be confident in buying an electric vehicle in the near future so that there will be a true uptake of the electric vehicles in, uh, in Australia. So tell us about these sort of, um, well, let's go back to the beginning and why ABB um, is interested in electric vehicle charging stations. Yeah, then, then we need to go a couple of years back. Uh, I think it was uh, around uh, 12 years back that uh, my uh, product group started as a startup company, as a spin-off from a university in the Netherlands. And uh, those guys, those days, invented a fast charger for telephones. And uh, we could charge a telephone within, within a minute. Um, and, but there wasn't really a business case uh, to do that. And that, that product evolved into a DC fast charger where we were able to charge a vehicle with, uh, with the speed of 50 kilowatts, which is around uh, five kilometers per minute. And uh, with all the uh, investors coming in, uh, we, um, um, we really uh, needed to gear up our innovation as well and uh, really needed to, go, uh, to be prepared for the market. And that's where ABB came in as, um, as the, the, the company, the big company that wanted to acquire us. Uh, and of course, it's a perfect fit in the complete offering uh, that ABB has. I mean, um, ABB is a company that, uh, that provides the connectivity to the Ability uh, Cloud, as we call it, the ABB Ability Cloud environment, where we support the digitalization of the, uh, of the industry. But also the, the grid connections uh, that ABB uh, delivers as well, whether that is uh, transformers or breakers, uh, that is all coming from ABB. Now, the nice thing about um, the project that we're doing here that's supported by the Victorian government, and maybe, uh, Steve, you can uh, clarify a little bit more on that, is um, that's where we take the next step, where we start to integrate that with, uh, with battery storage as well. 
Okay. Steve? Yeah, so uh, we were approached by uh, ChargeFox, uh, a local startup company that uh, is a, an expert in the, uh, the EV field. They're starting up their own ChargeFox net uh, for uh, charging infrastructure. And they were looking for something that had a specific requirement of uh, fast charging. Uh, we uh, came to the party with our 175 kilowatt charges, which can be expanded up to 350 kilowatts, which is what we're doing on that site. Um, and basically, the, what was needed was to prove that we could actually put that uh, product into a regional area and start, as Wim said, to give the confidence back to the people to actually start looking into buying EVs that we can actually charge a car in such a short time and be able to move them from place to place and not have to worry about range anxiety. And so 170 kilowatts, so what, how quickly then can that charge the car? It depends on the vehicle. Um, it's always dependent on the vehicle rather than the charger, but the charger itself can charge a normal car uh, in around five minutes, uh, around uh, 40, 50 kilometres. Depends on the vehicle though. So uh, you're looking at the range of the vehicle rather than the amount of charge. Uh, we advertise that uh, the BMW i8 can be charged within 15 minutes. So that, that gives you an idea. And what sort of range is that? Uh, in that particular car, we might not know how that, the range on that car is. I think it's around 350 kilometres or something. Yeah, well, I, I, sorry, Steve, but I, I, I need to correct please, a little bit over that. there. Uh, what, what we advocate is, um, is that the 50 kilowatt chargers uh, can charge a vehicle at five kilometres per minute. Thank and you. The, and the, average, mm -hmm. the average car on the road uh, today uh, can can charge at that speed, um, but having to wait uh, 30 minutes or or an hour for having your vehicle charged is taking too long. Mm. Uh, so that's why now the new technology is coming in to uh, really make it possible to charge to charge a vehicle at uh, 107 or 150 kilowatts, and that is charging at 15 kilometers per minute. Now there's there's no cars yet. Oh. Yesterday, there were no cars who could charge at that speed uh, because recently the Audi e-tron has been uh, launched right. officially and that car can really charge at, uh, at the speed of 150 uh, kilowatts, which is 15 kilometers per minute. Half an hour of charge will give you 450 kilometers. I like to turn it around. Eh? After 45, uh, 450 kilometers, you would like to have half an hour break. You'd hope so. <laughs> <laughs> So, Steve, um, obviously having a fast charge network is quite clear. Well, you, you, you've mentioned just to encourage the uptake because Australia's been pretty slow, hasn't it, on the EV uptake. Is that the only thing that's needed? I don't think it's the only thing that's needed. I think uh, for um, the uptake to be there, we need support from a number of different areas and parties. And you know, we're a, a part of the EV Council and uh, together with the group of the EV Council, we're starting to work with governments all around the country to try and put policies in place so that we're actually uh, assisting them with policies, I should say, to, to uh, you know, ensure that the EV charges are in the areas that they're required in. Mm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So when you think about um, fast, charging, um, EV, um, fast charging stations for electric vehicles, I mean, how many do you think we'd need in Australia? And we've, we've now got two in Victoria. Um, <laughs> how many more do we need? <laughs> Yeah, it, it, all, it all depends. I think a great job has been done already with the Queensland Highway, where there's a charger, I believe, one on it, or, uh, every 150 kilometres. Yeah, all the way from Brisbane to Cairns. Um, yeah. And then you've got the same in Western Australia, which goes from uh, Perth down to Margaret River. That's probably the two biggest 50 kilowatt networks in the country. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's important to realise that um, uh, the uh, chargers in the public domain should be range extenders. Eh? Mm. 
um, most of the charging, 80% of the charging, 90% of the charging will be done at home or mm. in an office environment where your car will be parked for eight hours, 12 hours, and where you can slowly charge your vehicle so that if you leave home or your office, you have a full battery. So that will be the biggest number of outlets, if I can say so, the biggest number of charges that will be in, the biggest number of charges that will be installed. But on top of that, we need those range extenders. And uh, the, 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 the way that they charge uh, should really meet the need of uh, the person that is charging the vehicle. Now you can imagine that if you're a business visitor and if you visit an office for a business meeting, you would like your car to be charged in three hours or so. Um, an AC wall box won't do that anymore. It doesn't simply can, cannot meet that, spe uh, that, that, uh, that speed of uh, charging. Mm -hmm. So you would need DC fast charging over there. Uh, uh, of a limited capacity, 20, kilo, uh, 20 kilowatts will do. And then uh, the other environment that you have is where uh, drivers spend an hour or so. If they go to a shopping mall, do their groceries. Um, how's the supermarket uh, called here? It's Woolies. 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 If you go to Woolies, <laughs> wouldn't it be nice if you do your groceries and you come out of, uh, of Woolies and your, and your battery is charged? Mm. Or if you go for a, to a fast food uh, chain and you have your burger and your cup of coffee and you come out and your, uh, your, your car is charged. So that is where those charges will do that charge at five kilometers per minute. Now the 175 kilowatt, uh, the 50 real uh, petrol station experience that is only needed along the highways. Um, so, uh, and that's why I was uh, talking about the Queensland Highway. I think the whole approach of having a charger one every, one every 150 kilometers, mm. it's a very good start. Um, and, and I've done a presentation here yesterday at All Energy where I uh, compared the evolution that Europe has gone through with the evolution uh, that uh, Australia will go through the coming years. So let's start with this 150 kilometers uh, of a distance between these uh, charges. But what we've seen in Europe right now is that we in some countries like Norway and in the Netherlands, Germany, we reach distances of 20, 25 kilometers between each uh, fast charger. Mm. And that gives so much confidence uh, to the drivers that there's absolutely no range anxiety anymore. Uh, the, next, the next phase that they've entered now is the charger uh, anxiety. Will there be a charger available if I arrive? <laughs> so uh, what we need to secure here is that we have uh, along the highways that we have enough capacity to be able to charge these vehicles. Uh, I think it's a great start, two charges every 150 kilometers. Mm. But what we see happening now in, uh, in, in, in Germany, uh, the car manufacturers are investing over there. Uh, to roll out a network work that can be compared to the Tesla network or the supercharger network. So they will have uh, a six to 12 chargers installed on each side. Mm. Uh, no restrictions, no limitations anymore to feel, mm. to feel insecure about uh, charger availability. Mm. Mm. Tell me about the Netherlands then. Um, you're obviously a long way, a lot further down the track on EV adoption than Australia. Um, what's the general mentality? What, what do people say um, about some um, people who still have petrol cars? Are they, are they on the last electric car, petrol car before they switch to electric? Or some are just perfectly happy to con continue driving their, their noisy motors? Well, the whole public opinion, it's also very much influenced by the support that's coming from the government. Uh, it's, it's, the government has really um, um, used a, a support program to uh, make it really attractive for, for people to buy or to lease um, an electric vehicle. Um, and of course, if you're a business driver, you would like to have a luxury model with a long range. But if you're uh, somebody who lives in the city and only stays in the city for most of the time, you're okay with a smaller car with a smaller range. Um, but that has been a little bit of the sentiment in, 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 in the Netherlands, but I can maybe can speak for the whole of Northwest uh, Europe. 
there was only a limited car number of cars available that had a longer range. Mm. And, and let's be honest, that, that's Tesla and, and uh, the Chevrolet Bolt, they are reaching the 300, 350 kilometers. All the other cars are fantastic cars to stay within a city environment, or if you don't mind to use that fast charging network. But now with all the new models coming to the market these days and in the near future, I think that whole discussion about range of the batteries is not a discussion anymore. I think these ranges of the batteries will be um, big enough that you deserve a break to charge a vehicle uh, once every so, uh, so many hundred kilometers. Steve, it's a bit ironic, really, isn't it? Because um, I, I, I guess the EV market has been held back because of, to some extent, by range anxiety. But... Um, to get over range anxiety, you have more batteries, that actually makes the purchase of the car even more expensive. Uh, not necessarily. I think, um, I think the, the uptake of EV has simply been because there hasn't been enough vehicles available as well. Um, yes, the cars have been expensive, but I think we're, uh, the market has been either leading towards the top end of the market or the quirky end of the market. And we haven't had anything that actually appeals to the everyday driver. Um, in the next 12 months, we're going to see a number of new car releases in Australia that will fit into the price bracket, hopefully, that the everyday Australian can drive in and give you a range that they can actually utilise. Um, that way, that'll actually uh, make it much more attractive for people to, uh, to buy and, uh, and hopefully enjoy. So. But I guess if, we, if we've got a bigger charging network and, and, and more stations, then people might be able to be more happy with a car of a 200km range or 250km range, and that presumably, because it needs less batteries, will be cheaper than the other versions. Yeah, there's, there's two developments in, in the battery market that are really important um, uh, to look at here. Uh, first of all, the energy density of the battery will, uh, will increase rapidly. It's because of all the research that's been done on the, on the chemicals of, uh, of the battery. So the, the energy density, uh, the, so the range it can contain, uh, will, 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 will almost grow exponentially uh, the coming years. Besides that, there's now a, a mass production, a volume production coming. A lot of companies are investing in, um, in, 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 in battery factories. So that will also result in a cost down of the battery. So mm -hmm. the batteries will be able uh, to uh, reach longer distances at lower cost. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the actual experience then for charging a battery. I mean, um, I noticed that your battery, um, your fast charger downstairs looks a lot like a petrol bowser. I said it doesn't smell quite as bad. Um, in fact, it doesn't smell at all. Um, is, it, is, is it just the, the same thing without the spilling fuel? Um, is it easy to handle? Are there any risks for people using them? No, there's no risk uh, at all in using it. Uh, the, all, the, all these charges meet uh, certain safety uh, regulations uh, to be allowed to be installed in the public domain. Uh, so that, that's not a problem at all. Uh, it, it's an interesting one, though, because if you actually went back with all the different rules and regulations now, you, you'd almost imagine that you wouldn't actually allow people to put petrol in their car now. You can't imagine actually someone coming up with an idea saying, let's allow people to go to a petrol station, put petrol in the, in the car with flammable oil. You, you can't imagine that actually being allowed. If you would do that uh, reverse engineering, that would be a stupid idea. Well, it always was. We actually started off with electric vehicles, but we didn't get the uh, distribution right. But uh, anyway. Correct. 
correct. No, and and then the whole experience it's 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 like an unmanned petrol station if I if I can compare it with that. Um, even even these days, if you if you arrive at the petrol sta- uh, at a charging station, sorry for that, uh, you <laughs> you plug you plug in your vehicle, um, and and it's it's highly connected. Uh, the technology it's really very advanced in these charges. So it's, as soon as you connect your car to uh, to the uh, to the charger, uh, the charger is able, depending on what standard your car is charging at, but most cars these days, uh, the charger is able to recognize what car it is charging. So it will recognize the unique identifier of the vehicle. Now, if that vehicle is linked to you or to me and, and my credentials and my bank account, I just plug in, the car will start charging and it will automatically be charged to my bank account while I'm having my cup of coffee in the shop. Mm. And uh, so a fantastic experience. Andy, for instance, you go in and you charge and you put the, um, the cable in and you decide, oh, all of a sudden, okay, I've got enough, I've suddenly got to go. Can you just sort of interrupt the process and um, do whatever? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you, can do that, uh, you can do that on the charger itself. Mm. Uh, all these chargers have a very high level of connectivity as well. So some of the charge point operators, which is another word for the, the petrol retailers, but then uh, uh, providing energy to the uh, electric cars. A lot of the charge point operators um, operate their stations by using apps on the telephone where you can mm. follow the state of charge of your vehicle. Um, and, and, and that can also be used to stop a charging, uh, uh, charging session. So mm. you can either stop it on the charger itself or on the app, or mm. even if that wouldn't work, you can call the charge point operator and as they are connected so, uh, so well, they can stop a charging session remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, that's not a problem at all. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what's next on the plan in Australia then, uh, Steve? I think uh, for us, it'll be basically looking to establish a uh, training uh, training uh, station or cinema, start again, a training uh, area at at ABB in Notting Hill. Uh, We're looking to set it up so that we can get people accredited to install these charges uh, and so that we can actually have a full service network to be able to maintain and keep them operating as well because that's the most important thing as well, make sure that we have reliability and reliable charging uh, for the network. So, Mm. yeah, that's probably the next big thing for us. And what's the role then of these charging stations? Because they obviously sort of draw electricity from the grid. I mean, and um, and presumably they could actually, I don't know, maybe they could actually become a supplier of, uh, they can play both sides of the equation, be demand and supply. But um, how does that sort of fit in with the grid and, um, you know, the network, etc.? Yeah, there you have to make a, a split again between home charging, office charging, and, uh, and, and the, ranging, uh, the range extenders that you would need. Um, uh, if, if I, don't, I don't see a match between uh, fast charging or range extending and uh, saying vehicle to grid activities where mm-hmm. your uh, battery or sorry where your car will act as a battery and supply back to the grid. But of course, uh, it's a fantastic opportunity if you arrive back home at six o'clock in the evening and you plug in your vehicle and there's still a lot of energy in your battery. Why not using it at those peak hours for peak shaving? and only start the charging, the recharging of your battery when you go to bed. No, so vehicle to vehicle to grid is, is absolutely something that the utilities are looking at, uh, that the automotive industry is looking at. They are, not, they are not so hungry for that yet, 
but they see it's, it's, it, it will be unavoidable in the future. But today they want to protect the battery a little bit mm -hmm. for its purpose that it's designed for, and that is for uh, putting energy in the vehicle rather than putting energy in a microgrid or so. Mm. But it's, uh, I think it's unavoidable for the automotive industry. So in the future, absolutely, we will use our vehicles as energy suppliers to a microgrid, whether that be your house or your neighborhood, it will absolutely happen. And you guys really recently announced a very major um, contract in Singapore, I think, wasn't it? Was it, um, can you tell me about that? Ah, you're well informed. That's my job. <laughs> no, we're really proud uh, these, uh, these two weeks uh, with having the fantastic news earlier this week uh, of the uh, first installations of the high power our charges uh, here in uh, in Victoria but we're also very proud of uh, the announcement by the uh, Singaporean utilities that they will be installing 500 uh, charges in uh, in Singapore uh, and that is for the same reason as uh, as that it has to be done and will be done over here that is really to support the uptake and the introduction of the electric vehicles in the market uh, the, uh, the the market the, the the cars on the road in in Singapore most of them are taxis so uh, I foresee that uh, Singapore will go to a change where they will change their taxi fleet within the coming years to maybe completely or partly to, um, to electric uh, taxis. And, and, and besides that, and it's a topic we haven't touched yet, is that a country like, uh, like Singapore is also looking now at, uh, at electric buses. Um, uh, ABB has just supplied um, um, charges, opportunity charges, uh, to uh, the University of, uh, of Singapore, that is, uh, uh, together with Vo uh, Volvo, they are developing an autonomous bus, an electric bus, and these buses need to be charged as well. These are electric autonomous buses. So besides of the car charging, that's something that Australia should also be looking at, that's the public transport, mm. because that's where the buses also can easily be electrified, and the technology is available to charge these buses with even higher capacities as well. Mm. Did you say the, did you use the expression opportunity charging? Yeah. What does yeah. that mean? <laughs> yeah, well, buses, for buses, you always have to balance between uh, do you want to carry a battery or do you want to carry passengers? And uh, these days, the energy density and the size and the weight of the batteries is very often not big enough yet uh, to uh, be in service a full day without recharging. So overnight charging is normally done with, buses, with electric buses, so they are being charged overnight at the depot and they leave the depot with a full battery. But as soon as they are in service, uh, they, uh, they, uh, the, the battery, uh, the state of charge of the battery will run down. And, and something that the battery doesn't like is to be 100% full and it doesn't like to be completely empty. Um, so what we do then is we have oppor opportunity charges along the route of the bus, normally at the start or at the, uh, at the end of the route. And that's where we have a pole, uh, which is over, uh, uh, over the bus that contains a pantograph and the pantograph will connect to the bus just like a pantograph on a train or a tram will connect to the wires but in this case the pantograph will come down and will charge the bus with 600 kilowatts mm -hmm. for five or six minutes battery is uh, not completely full eh? again but it at least it's got enough charge again to meet the next opportunity charger and that's the same thing will happen again mm. What about other sort of different sorts of charging that I read about occasionally, like Wi-Fi charging and, um, and, and what have you? Is, 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 is that conductive charging? Is, is, is that a thing? Is that a gimmick? Or is it, um, is it going to happen sometime? Uh, no, the, 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 uh, inductive, uh, the inductive charging uh, that, we, uh, that we have, uh, the technology in the roads or in uh, something that is mounted on your floor 
and through the induction will charge your battery. It's something that a lot of companies have looked at uh, on both sides of the market, uh, so the, the, the charging technology suppliers as well as the automotive industry. Uh, we are starting to see now that it's not really becoming a big success and not really meeting the market demands for charging. Uh, I still see it as an ideal picture. I must say that if I drive my car on my uh, driveway, that I don't need to do anything. Mm. Uh, but it's got its limitations as well. I mean, uh, what do I do if uh, if my cat walks over this uh, induction charger and uh, with a with a bell around his neck? What will happen then? Or what if my son is kicking? <laughs> what, what is what if like my, what is what if my uh, what if my son is? Uh, <laughs> what happens if my son is kicking against a can, a soda can that's on the ground, and that will flip over that induction charger? So these kind of limitations, we we don't see it really to become a big success. So it, we will we, it will remain uh, conductive charging or using a wire and a, and a connector and a socket to charge a vehicle. Yeah. It sounds a bit to me like solar roads. I think. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, look, thank you very much. Um, I'm not too sure if there's anything else that you want you want to add. Or you need to. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think what's, what inter what's interesting to add is uh, the, the topic that we shortly touched for, uh, for Australia with the buses. Mm -hmm. If we really look at uh, electrifying the cars, which I'm really happy that that's really going to happen now here in Australia. I'm, I'm, I'm very confident about that. I'm confident about the Electric Vehicle Council and the government will put in uh, the right uh, support to make that happen. Uh, but then the next thing that will happen is, is the buses. I'm also confident that that will happen uh, maybe sooner than later. But what's so interesting about Australia, it's also that's the mining industry. And I'm really, really carefully looking at what's happening over there with the electrification of the, uh, of the yeah, let's call it the heavy duty heavy vehicles in, uh, in, in, in that industry segment. Um, so we are also already looking at that on what kind of technology needs is required in that market. Uh, so I'll be I'll be back here more often uh, to uh, to be engaged with the mining uh, industry as well as with the, uh, the 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 car OEMs or the vehicle OEMs for that uh, for that industry to see how we can help them making that possible. Because besides of reaching carbon neutral objectives, I think there's also a, a real business case for the mining companies uh, behind that, that they invest in electrifying their fleet in the mines, which allows them to operate their mine in a completely different way. So. I'd imagine so, and um, use a whole lot less diesel. Look, thank you very much for a fascinating conversation, and uh, maybe we can uh, check back in in, um, in a year or two's time and uh, see where we've got to and whether we're talking about sort of charging aeroplanes and ships as well. Yeah, yeah well, uh, actually, actually uh, that will ha have happened before, so I think I need to back, be back sooner than, than two years. Yeah. Thanks very much, Wim. All right, you're more than welcome. Thank you. And thank you, Steve. Pleasure. Thank you. And that was Wim Eishout from ABB, based in Eindhoven, and Steve Amore, the Australian representative. Well, it's certainly interesting to think how many of these uh, fast charging stations we may see around the Australian network. In the tens of thousands, I suspect, although most of the charging, as we've heard, will likely be done at home, partly in the office, partly in shopping centres, but across the country, tens of thousands of uh, fast charging stations and it's interesting to think of someday in the future how all of those electric vehicles may one day be orchestrated to provide backup and storage to the grid. Well, look, I hope you enjoyed that interview. We're going to be back um, next week and the following weeks with more interviews as we sort of broaden our horizons on this exciting new era of electric vehicles. Bye for now.